back. Welcome to episode four of the Conservatarian Podcast. Uh, it's been a little minute, but um, I've been trying to really try to get down some kind of a good idea for what I wanted to talk about. And I came to the conclusion that, well, after doing a couple episodes, maybe it's time to, to talk about myself a little bit and, and sort of why I believe the things I do and why I think the way I do on, on you know, certain subjects and, and issues. So, to start off with, I'll tell you, obviously, from the title of the podcast, I consider myself a conservatarian. So, it's, it's a weird limbo between conservative and libertarian. And I don't mean edgy libertarian party libertarian. I mean real libertarian ideology and not just someone who who look a lot of libertarians come off as very aggressive um and they they seem to have an air of superiority regarding anything having to do with politics and they 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 seem to be on some sort of like on a scale of how libertarian they are it's like the extreme like extremist libertarians that that's what that libertarian party seems to be to me i i don't like the rhetoric which sounds funny, yes, because I do like Donald Trump's rhetoric. Uh, I love hearing him go off on people during his rallies, but I don't like libertarian rhetoric. Um, and I think it, it just stems from that, that place of moral superiority and, and how much infighting there is between libertarians. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find libertarians unite on any one common thing. Um, and then I have the flip side of that, which is I am conservative. And um, obviously conservatism started its roots in libertarianism and, and evolved from there. Really, if you want to dumb it down, conservatism is libertarianism, but with more of a place for moral religious values um, now I know the argument made by libertarians is conservatives still want big government which I think is an oversimplification and what it does is it looks too much at the career politicians who claim to be conservative and don't govern accordingly uh, it compares them to actual conservative voters who are most times disappointed in how their elected officials vote. Not to mention that there is another party in Washington, and as conservatives, we constantly have to to compromise to, to get any results done. Um, not to say that compromising is always bad, and also not to say that we should compromise on everything, just saying that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but I find myself somewhere in the middle 
of conservative and libertarian. So I am a conservatarian. And I won't lie, it depends on the day, whatever I'm feeling uh, the most. Sometimes something happens and I'm reading it on, you know, uh, a news website or I'm watching the news, something happens. And that day I'm feeling really conservative. Uh, And then something happens a different day and that day I'm feeling really libertarian. Um, It is a complicated thing though because it's... It's more or less me trying to find the balance of small government, um, the role that we are supposed to play within the Constitution, and ensuring we do have a society that is free and still moral enough to not abuse said freedom. So really, it's the ability to have the freedom to do what you should and not what you want uh the the ability to to do the right thing and not be a slave to your own sort of selfish desires that that kind of that kind of vibe but um i've always really been in this weird limbo uh really as long as i can remember ever since i really started paying attention to politics uh I won't lie, mainly grew up watching a lot of Fox News, but I try to tune into other channels too, just to see what's going on in the world. Cause it, it always intrigued me that I like highly. I loved seeing what's going on, hearing about presidential elections, hearing about politics, and of course it really kicked off uh in twenty sixteen during the election. Uh as it did for a lot of people, perhaps. But around that time, I was a high school freshman. And, uh, was I a freshman? Freshman or sophomore, it all feels the same, let's be honest. <laughs> Especially with how weird time feels nowadays, it's it's so hard to actually accurately get a timeline right. <laughs> but it was during that time you know in high school and i'm starting to pay attention to things more so i'm i'm seeing uh you know, a lot about the republican primaries and there was like what 10 12 you know a huge field of of republicans running uh a lot of good ones a lot of good ones really a, a wide diverse range of republicans ranging from libertarian types to conservatives to moderates and i enjoyed watching uh, the primary debates, and, uh, I won't lie, at the time, my favorite was Ben Carson, uh, I, I just really liked his, his, his attitude, his demeanor, and I thought him being a neurosurgeon and doing all the things he's done would fit well in Washington because it showed he has the intellect and the capability to learn the role of a president and and to do it well. Uh, that, that was my line of thinking there. But of course we all know how that played out. Donald Trump won the Republican nominee uh, nomination and you know obviously uh, he's the one that won in 2016. But um after that, things kind of died down a little bit. The most I paid attention to was uh, 
the social aspect of politics. So, you know, then was really the start of a lot of the identity politics coming into play and the, this sort of cultural war against, uh, I guess, the cultural norm at the time and this sort of enroachment from the these these fringe groups on the left to try to make their ideas mainstream. That's where you saw a lot of the the LGBT stuff coming up a lot as far as not just lesbians and gays and bisexuals, but so when you started getting transgenders, pansexuals, and all these different sorts of of so-called genders and sexualities. And uh that stuff was really kind of what made me more conservative leaning. Not that I would think the government needs to always have a role in opposing it, but more of a, on a personal level, it's sort of like, I don't like it. To me, it just, it seemed like a lot of nonsense for no reason other than to, to bring attention to, to people that wanted attention. Uh, so, uh, that's, so on a personal level, conservative feelings about that. Governmental-wise, though, I'm saying, you know, take the libertarian stance, which says government shouldn't have a position on this either way, really. Um, and that's not to say, too, that if I met someone that was transgender or pansexual or any of that, that I would be aggressive towards them and, and fight them. It's just... I look at it the same way that I would towards someone smoking pot or drinking. For me, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I don't like it. You know, I've, I've tasted alcohol before. I just didn't like it. Simple as that, didn't like it. And, you know, just because I don't like it, and because it's not for me, and I don't think it's something I should do, doesn't mean that someone else shouldn't be able to do it. If they so choose, it's their life. They can do what they want. Uh, it's not my job to to intervene in every single person's livelihood. So that that's the stance I've always held as far as things like that. Things of regarding sexuality, uh, so-called genders, uh, drug use, things of that nature. So I, I do want a moral... A free society, but I don't want it. I don't want to to say to people that you can't do those things if you want. I think what we should do is just offer more avenues of approach for people uh, to get off of drugs that are you know ruining their lives or perhaps quite literally killing them. We need to offer more ways for for these people to get off these drugs and, and to better themselves. Um, and I don't think we need to do that by having multi-million dollar drug wars going. Um, I think if... So this is where I'll probably lose a lot of conservative people. Um, I think if we did legalize to some effect a lot of these drugs you would see a, a, a pretty substantial decrease in, in overdoses, uh, obviously in crime rate, because it would no longer be illegal. But I, I, I'm personally for legalization uh, 
at least for now, pot, I'm still open to seeing other other scenarios or whatever, but I think marijuana should be legalized and it should, to me, just be treated like alcohol, you know, so no smoking and driving, uh, I'd consider that driving under the influence, right, uh, have to be a certain age uh, to do it, and I would not have the fine be a minimum five-year prison sentence, to me that is extreme and quite frankly not just for the crime, of what is essentially smoking a leaf <laughs> to feel good, <laughs> right? So I I am for the legalization of of marijuana for medical, especially medical, and for personal use. And a lot of people say, oh, so you just want people walking through town smoking marijuana, right? Well, I, I don't think you would really see any increase in that because people that that do want to smoke it, uh, will and are. And at most, you will smell it on them. But generally, like I said, you cannot smoke it and drive, so you're not going to see people smoking it and going about the town, right? Because they have to drive. Uh, so to me, that wouldn't be a huge issue. I think that's more of a live and let live uh, philosophy. Uh, I don't think marijuana... Uh, affects people to the degree that a lot of conservatives would would argue that it it does. Uh, to me, it's it's essentially the same as alcohol as far as everything I've seen regarding it. And then also the 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 medicinal use for it. Uh, I think that we should definitely do more research into that and and encourage private companies. And healthcare providers to to look into that more, because any sort of breakthroughs we can get regarding medical substances and and treatments will will be highly beneficial. So I think at minimum, marijuana should definitely be legalized for medicinal use, and I am for legalizing it in a personal way, and and. It's viewpoints like that that make me conservatarian. Um, but uh, an issue that libertarians might disagree with me on is the issue of abortion. Uh, this this is a heavy topic. Um, and it's somewhat of a personal thing to me. So, my mom had, um, had cancer, and, you know, she, she survived it, uh, but doctors said that the likelihood of her having children would be very low, if, if at all, and if she was able to have children, carrying the, the child to term would be insanely difficult. Um, and as you can hear with me talking to you, obviously she was able to have some children. Uh, she had me as her firstborn and two other children who are my awesome, annoying little brothers. Um, but I have quite a few siblings that 
did not make it to to term to to be born into this world and i i remember as a as a kid seeing my mom pregnant a few times and and then you know the the baby belly just went away and i had no new brothers or sister that I wanted. I always wanted a sister. I don't know why, but I just always wanted one, but now I got two little brothers instead. (laughs) But that left a huge impact on me, knowing that really, I shouldn't be here. Neither of my brothers should be here. And yet, we are. And then at the same time, I have many unborn siblings that I've never seen. To me, it's childbirth is a gift, right? And and this is from sort of a Christian perspective. So I guess if you're not Christian or don't have any sort of religious views, this part will not matter. But to me, it's being able to to create life is awesome. It's probably the greatest power we have as as God's creation, right? The ability to, to create life and for that life to have have a soul and to go on and do amazing things for for humanity for their neighbors for their own families and hopefully do amazing things for the ultimate good and to me to see abortion be flaunted as as a woman's right is is the wrong way to look at it. I think it's pretty... I can't think of the word. I I think it's wrong for the left to tell women that they can't be equal unless they can terminate a life. That women can't be equal unless they have that ability. Women can't be equal unless they can essentially give up their gift. And and I feel this way because, there again, my mom should not have been able to, to have me or my brothers. And then I see... In a lot of countries, they're starting up things where you can have an abortion because a, ch- a child will have uh, things like Down syndrome or, or even autism. That That's the path where having a society that is open and, and cheering on abortion, that, that's the path that will lead us to, 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 kill, to kill people because... We think they won't be able to to make it because we think their lives will be too hard or or because we just don't want them in society. 
One of my brothers has autism. And I still remember the, the car ride home when I found out. And I used to be so mean to him for, for no reason. But after that point, something something hit me. And and then that's when I became the real older brother that I was supposed to be. And then I look now and I see people advocating for the abortion of children with Down syndrome because their lives will be too hard. And the advoc advocating for abortion for for kids with autism because their lives will be too hard. Do you know what that does? You are devaluing someone's life because of something they have and not who they are. My brother has autism. It doesn't define who he is or what he will be able to do in life. He is amazingly smart when it comes to things about cars. He can tell you make and models and what years they did certain things to them and what kind of engines are in them. He's big on foreign cars, old Toyota Supras and, and things of that nature. I mean, he's a genius. He's an encyclopedia when it comes to things of cars. That That's his number one thing, and he is hyper-focused on that. And people would, would say that if my mom wanted to, she should have been able to, to abort him. And that's not all he's gone through. Before he was born, uh, his umbilical cord got tied in a knot. And he wasn't getting any nutrients from my mom. And if he had not been born when he was born, he wouldn't have made it. So really, in every way that I shouldn't have been born and my other brother shouldn't have been born, he is the epitome of a miracle. <clears throat> and my parents have told me too, they use you know, every protection in the book, right? And yet, bam, here he comes. <laughs> I mean, he survived childbirth. He survived being on this earth for 16 years now as someone who has autism. Will he struggle? Yes. But it is no one's place to say that because he has autism. He could have been aborted simply because of that fact. And my main problem with abortion is the fact that the, the left takes extreme cases that, that are not the majority of cases for abortion. They say, oh, well, what if the kid has a... I forgot the name of the syndrome, but essentially it's the child born in a, a vegetable-like state where they can't... They're essentially like in a coma and they, they can't move nothing. Uh, you know, should... Tell me the, the mother should bring that child to term? No. There are exceptions to everything. But 
you cannot have a pro-abortion attitude because that is what leads us to the path where people can devalue life because it is too much of a burden for them. If the mom's life is in danger, if the child's being, you know, if the child's forming in, in the wrong spot, and if the child continues to form, it'll kill the mother. Of course, that should be the mother's call. But don't pretend like that's an easy decision and that it should be easy. It's not. It's disingenuous. When you advocate so strongly for abortion and say it is a right, you devalue human life. That is the gist of, of why I take the, the conservative approach to abortion. Libertarians would say, leave it up to the states. And I don't think that's something we can afford to do. Life should be protected. There was a quote. Abortion should be rare, safe, and legal. The child's life is in danger. If the child will be born with a, a crippling ailment that will leave it in a state where it's essentially in, in a coma and cannot function. As hard as the choice would be, yes, that that is a choice for the parents to make. The mother's life is in danger. Yes, there should be a choice for the parents to make. But just because you get pregnant and you don't feel like going through the quote-unquote burden of being a parent, does that mean you can devalue life just because you don't want it? No. Those are probably the best two issues I could give you on on where I am politically. Stuck somewhere between conservative and libertarian. Stuck somewhere between wanting a moral and free society and wanting a government so small that the people can thrive and be left alone to do as they please as long as they harm no one else. It's not easy. To pretend it is, I think, is harmful. These decisions are things that you really need to think about a lot and, and ponder on. Because they will shape the future of the country and the future of our moral fabric as as a culture and as a society. And look, you may disagree with me on 
on both of the things I said, or you might agree with me on one or disagree on other. You might agree with both, but we need to understand that conservatives are not out to get you, and libertarians are not out to get you. These issues are hard. We must stay principled. And hopefully, by me telling you why it is I believe the way I do, maybe you won't change your mind and agree with me. But you will understand where conservative and libertarian-minded people are coming from. And that's all it takes. A little understanding. Understanding and hearing the other side. That is how we start to fix this this fractured country. We haven't been this polarized since the Civil War. And if we don't do something about it, something will erupt. Will it be another Civil War? I don't know. But something will happen. And I don't know if our country can survive. If it does. If we cannot unite around the ideas that all men and women were created free and equal. And have rights that cannot be infringed upon. Rights that did not come from government. But from their creator when they were born. Rights that come from a higher plane of existence. If we cannot agree that justice should be fair and equal under the law, punishment should be just for the crime. If we cannot agree that that America can be the best nation on this earth, and that we are the best nation. And that we have the best ideas. And that we can thrive. If, if we don't believe that we can come together. We will fail. If we can't unite. Under an America first. Platform. If we can't put our nation first. We will fail. If we continue to demonize the other side. And say they're evil and they're bad. We will fail. We need to stop burning bridges between us. Liberals, progressives, moderates, conservatives, libertarians. If we cannot see, and if we cannot understand each other if we cannot see that we all want what we feel is best for the nation if we cannot all come together and and actually have a discussion about things this great experiment thousands of years of enlightenment and and free thinkers 
the years it took for, for man to reach the ideas that, that we now strive for, the ideas that each person has individual freedom to do what they want as long as they don't hurt someone else, that, that government should protect their people and, and protect the people's rights. If, if we let that go, the world will have nowhere else to turn for freedom. To quote Ronald Reagan, I don't remember the exact quote, so forgive me, but Reagan called America in his famous speech, A Time for Choosing. He called America the last bastion of hope and freedom. And if we don't save it, there will be nowhere else. Freedom lives and dies with this nation. We have inspired countless revolutions in the name of freedom for all men and women. Our own founding documents are used against racists in the South, saying, you aren't upholding what the Constitution says. Frederick Douglass said that. Our Constitution upholds higher ideas than we can imagine. If we don't continue to strive to uphold those ideals and to fight for what our Constitution pushed for, if we can't reach that, we fail. So we need to come together. Stop hating your neighbors for who they support as a politician. Stop hating your neighbors for things they believe. Disagree vehemently, yes. You can, absolutely. Freedom of speech. But stop hating people for having other opinions. Stop wishing death on people for having other opinions. Stop name-calling people. Stop being disingenuous. Don't call someone a racist because they say something you disagree with. Don't call them homophobic because they say something you disagree with. That is not how you heal the nation. That is not how you bring people together. That is how you push us apart. And that is how you start a conflict. And I'm not sure we can withstand another one. Because God knows. If we fall apart. There are enemies out there watching and waiting for that moment to happen. So they can come in. And destroy the last fabric of American ideals. So I guess my plea is just to stop being disingenuous. Stop hating one another. Just listen, understand, and talk. That's all I got for you guys today. Hopefully you enjoy and hopefully you can understand where I was coming from on those two subjects I talked about. And I encourage you to to reach out to people you disagree with and just, just try to talk to them. 
be as civil as possible. Don't let it escalate. If you feel anger boiling inside you, just breathe. Let people talk. And then you can have your word. We can do so much better as a nation and as a country. There's a time for political rhetoric. There's a time for funny banter and poking fun at the other side. But there's also a time for unity and to realize we are one nation under God and and that we need to protect each other. So, God bless and I'll see you next time on the Conservatarian Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.